Welcome to The Daily Sales Show, hosted by Sell Better. What is up, everybody? It is a good day right here at Sell Better. This is an exciting moment. Uh, we have a returning champion. We've got a returning champion. Uh, go ahead on the bottom right and let us know. Change your chat settings to everyone and tell us where you're tuning in from in the chat. Welcome back, everybody, to the Sell Better Daily sales show. You guys know this is a place where we give you daily sales advice to help you sell better. Let us know what your role is. I'm going to launch this question. Uh, you might be a, a ESDR. That's what we want to know right now. So tell us what you are. Today, we are here to talk about all things subject lines. One of the most common questions that we get on the Sell Better show, hey, James, what's a good subject line? Well, this man is the man that we are going to learn from when it comes to getting your attention. Uh, I want to introduce you to Junior Lardy. He's been on the show before, so if this is your first time joining him, give him a big welcome to the Sell Better uh, audience. It's the best audience in the world, hands down. Uh, and this guy's been coloring outside the lines when it comes to writing his own subject lines, gaining that attention that he needs to win. Before we get started, scan this QR code and uh, go visit our website to find out why we're doing this, why we're doing it, who we're doing it for. That's you, the front lines, the people that actually uh, need this information. And go over to YouTube and subscribe to the Sell Better channel. That's where you'll find great clips from shows just like the one you're going to see today. I want to give a big thanks to our sponsors, our partners. We couldn't do this without you. Uh, exactly and Magical. Magical is fantastic. You guys definitely need to check out Magical right now. Rise above the chaos of selling. That's the mantra over there. Craft and send personalized messages in one click. Get access to the enriched info that you need. Personalize every message as best you can and stop getting ghosted. Sell faster. Win more deals. Sales practices break, but reps that use Magical don't. I just love this company. Go learn more about Magical in the chat right now. Let me tell you a little bit about what you're going to get in, the, in the, the show today. Two types of subject lines that get results. We're actually going to give you the open and reply rates that he was getting with this. So be ready, buckle in. And we're going to give you a great resource at the end of the show to get better subject lines. So if you're going to stay, stay to the end so that you can get that resource. Controversial tips for successful cold emails. I assure you, these are outside the box thinking. So if you're here to see the same old same, you're going to be disappointed in this particular show. And then of course, unique CTAs, right? Uh, these are important. Sometimes they fit into a subject line, sometimes that they don't. Uh, let's get into it, man. Common mistakes. We have to set the stage. So we have to talk about the status quo, especially for the SDRs and AEs in the room. AEs being asked to prospect way more often right now. Uh, so let's talk about some of these common mistakes that we see. Talk to me, buddy. Yeah. So the the few that we have listed here, man, they just used to work and now they just don't, right? The status quo being like using your prospect's first name, using your com the company you're prospecting's name. Um, a lot of times like trying like the title play, that's all status quo stuff. The reason it doesn't work is because it feels like it's like personalization. Like I feel like I'm writing a personalized email to James. But in reality, like everybody at this point knows what, you know, merge filters are and it, it just falls short of what could actually be impactful. Yeah. Yeah. I, you know, I was a big proponent for a long time of using that token to pull that first name from my CRM and then have my two or three words subject line afterwards. And uh, after a long time, it just kind of faded away. I watched it in, in my, my, my sales enablement platform, the percentage of like opens just dec decreased over time. So I'm curious for everybody in the room, I've got that question up. Are you still doing this? Are you using people's names in your subject lines? Um, here's one that I thought was interesting. The questions that are a lot of words. Uh, when you're talking about questions, what's a lot of words? <laughs> yeah. 
it's it's hard to ask someone a question that is short um because the typical one you see is like quick questions and that's right status quo that's dead so it would be hard to like say you know james are you headed to x event like that that itself gets pretty long so sometimes like questions tend to take up too much words in the subject line so if you're going to use a question you got to figure out how to like cut it really short Mm. I, you know, shorter is always better. I am a man of too many words. That's what I've learned about myself in 2024. So I'm trying really hard to like shrink it down in all the things I do. I read it out loud and I think, okay, this can be way shorter. Let's make that magic happen. Uh, check out these results right here. It looks like 60%, almost 60% of our voters are currently not using the first name. So they've caught the trend that it's too much. Uh, but those 18% still using it. Uh, I would caution you there and say, step away from that for a little while. It might circle back around. A lot of these strategies are cyclical. Uh, when you gave some subject lines to consider, you had two different ways of viewing things that were really successful for you for some time. Uh, talk to us about these two styles of subject lines, and then we'll talk about the data behind them. Yep. So one is about you, which is one-to-one. That is me sending to James, me sending to a prospect, right? And the other is something that's proven success. Uh, let's say I, I can't quite find that unique thing that I want to talk to James about. So I'm just going to pull from what I call the bank and, and throw out, uh, throw out what, what's been proven to work. So there's the one-to-one play. I'll give you like a quick example. Um, let's say I'm prospecting someone at like green light guru, something that would be like more one-to-one is to play around with green light, right? Like maybe, um, Matthew McConaughey wrote the book green lights, right? So something around there where it's like the real green light guru. Matthew McConaughey. And then the referencing of the emails all around that. That's like a very one-to-one email where they feel like, dang, like Junior sent this to me, not Junior sent this to many. Yeah. Yeah. I The one that you, uh, that you gave me before was great about how I had the Irish flag in the back and the pool table. So that's the one-to-one. Like if somebody brought that up, I would likely respond to it or at least open it because, hey man, I appreciate you like actually taking the time, look at my background, find out something I'm interested in. Uh, that's interesting. I see some good questions in the uh, chat here, and I want to prompt you guys to get those into the Q&A uh, because we have some good ones. But I want to stop on the one that Tracy asked here in the chat for a second, though, because we talked about subject lines and questions. And she says, uh, can you give an example of a question that's too long? And then how would you like shorten that down? Yeah. Uh, so events tend to be too long. Like, hey, are you headed to whatever headed to event? Like the event name itself tends to be status quo. So I try to like throw those out. Um, anytime you're referencing like a specific integration or a specific product, those tend to be really long as well because products and integrations are like multifaceted names, you know, like integration with, and it, it just doesn't play super well. Um, so I tried to like lean away from those, those kinds. I feel like jargon has a place but it has to be used so strategically because it's often mistaken for blanket subject lines. And we'll talk a little bit more about blanket subject lines. Uh, so for these two styles, I want to involve the audience here. Uh, and again, like throw your questions in the Q&A. Guys can vote for the ones that you want answered the most. I want to organize the Q&A so that we get the most out of Junior here while he's in the room. But some of you are probably using the about you, finding something that this person is interested in. And some of you are pulling from that bank, and we're going to give you some resources to make your own bank here today. But let me know in the chat. You can type in proven success or about you, whichever one you feel like you're using currently. 
I would love to know from you guys which ones you're you're leveraging, even if you're doing it subconsciously, you don't even know. Uh, okay, so let's talk about the open and the reply rates for these particular styles because there's some crazy numbers being thrown out there that are super low and some crazy numbers being thrown out there that are like absurdly high. Uh, and if you want to, feel free to share your average open rate in the chat or your average reply rate in the chat. But what were your open and reply rates when you used just these two subject line styles. Talk to me about that. Yeah. About you, I was shooting above like 90% open rate. That's uh, killer. Yeah. Really good. And then the, the proven success was closer to like 80, 80%. Okay. Uh, and the proven success was the one that was kind of this like almost persona based or industry based or vertical based because it's one to many, right? So you have a specific criteria that this subject line is being used for. Am I right about that? Yeah, for sure. And it, it's, we call it proven success because I, I try to track like what is actually getting opened. Right. And based on, based on subject line. So if I see something that is getting a lot of open rates, then I'm like, okay, I need to pull this, put it in the bank so that I can, I can use it, you know, over and over again when I kind of stumble or mm. can't think of something to use. Good stuff. We're going to look at an example of this uh, bank, some examples here in a minute, but I want to answer this question in the Q&A from David uh, Jaramillo. I think I said your last name right. Let me know if I crushed it or if I murdered it. Sorry. Uh, how do you keep a personalized subject lines concise? So you're personalizing a subject line, but you're still keeping it concise. How do you master this skill? Yeah, that's a good question. Um, you really have to know like what you as a seller care about. Like, do I want this to be like a funny email? What's my personality that's going to resonate with me? Because when I write this, if I'm trying to like write in somebody else's style, then the delivery is going to be wrong. So when I try to like do something that's funny, I tend to be like a funny guy. It hits really well. When I lean away from that and I try to like keep this, um, one-to-one about you, it tends to fall flat. So I know when I'm doing about you, I've got to like lean towards like the funny, the comedy side. It just speaks to me way better. And I know I can write an email that'll be delivered. I'm loving that. Uh, and big shout out to Dan Falco, longtime sell better attendee comes to a lot of our shows. Crystal Nose is so good for this. If you're not familiar with that, uh, check it out. Crystal Nose, fantastic. Hey, there's one more question. There's one more question in there from Sarah. She said, what? you're using an email sequencing software, 90% out of how many emails. So, uh, I do, I do use an emailing sequencing tool, okay. right? like, like your outreaches and sales off and stuff. Um, but I set it up. I honestly, my sales manager and yours is going to hate me for saying this, but the way that I set it up is I don't care about the, like, um, Hey, you have tasks due today. What I really care about is like crafting a good email, sending it. And then when I feel like I can find a good follow-up, It'll be sitting there waiting for me. Sometimes that is on time. Other times that's a couple days. So uh, the sequencing will just make sure that you get it done, which is obviously important because you have to get it done. Man, your mentality. I was telling him before the show, y'all, that the idea was that you came away with his perspective because it's often easy to come in and try to make change. But having to change your perspective, we need to give you that so that you can know how to leverage all these examples that we're giving you. And speaking of examples, these are real examples from Junior here. Uh, so let's talk about some of these. What are your favorites? Did they work? Which ones stand out to you as ones that you have like good stories to tell everybody? Yeah. Okay. So uh, the fourth one down says 100, uh, 100 meter, right? 
This is someone who ran track uh, really successfully, almost to the Olympic level. So I had to capitalize on that. Like that email was written for that person. <laughs> um, GTM action plan. While that seems to be like more just mess, I really like this one because this person that that was like a specific usage that they used all the time. Like, ah, that's putting out part of our GTM action plan this year. So I'm like, perfect. I'm going to use that almost against them, right? Coke or Pepsi. This is someone who worked at a Coke facility and then had like a small stint at a Pepsi company and then had a different job. So I was like, which is better? And then, you know, I'm tying that to whatever value of the email. A couple that I pull from the bank, you can see like doing more with conversations, do more with conversations, getting more with meetings, right? Those are like straight from the bank. I know they've worked in the past, so I'm going to throw them in because I can't quite find the thing that will make this work. Man, I love all of these examples, especially the ones that are so specific to an individual. I feel like the folks that mentioned my content or something I said on the show or something I created recently that reach out to me and want to like have a conversation with me about what they do, those people get my attention first because they took some time. I heard a CEO say, if you want 10 minutes of somebody else's time, try to give them five first and you'll probably earn it more often than not. And that stuck with me for a long time. This is a great question from Tracy right here. How can a beginner find out what style of messaging in reference to what they're saying about the humor and tone? So how do we tread lightly, I think, is what she's trying to get at. And I think I'm saying a Tracy Macedo, I think. Yeah, Tracy, uh, don't tread lightly. Just email and figure out what works. Um, I will tell you the first, not the first, but among the first batch of emails where I was like, you know what, I'm going to throw a lot of personality in into this. Uh, I wrote this guy, his name was Ernie. So the whole premise of my email was like, I'm the Bert to your Ernie. Like, do you have one in technology? Let's do this. You know, we should have a conversation. And they emailed me back was like, this is the like most unprofessional email I've ever received. I won't be doing business with your company. Oh, right. And it's like, that's, that's one, you know, person out of all the people that you're going to be emailing, like just burn whatever bridges until you figure out where you fit. And then once you have that voice, stuff like that will happen a lot less. That's a good point, man. And I, I'm loving where you're, where you're talking about taking that chance. Risk is involved in yeah. being creative. And what Junior does is lean on his creativity to be able to write something in a very small space that captures attention because X, Y, or Z. So think about that as you're crafting your subject lines and feel free to steal from Junior. We've provided all this stuff. And if you're going to get the recording to take screenshots and whatnot, you'll get it. Don't stress. Yeah. Uh, something I've noticed about your subject lines that I think is worth saying is it's against the norm. It's against the grain. Oftentimes we hear, you need a boring subject line. Dude, your subject lines are anything but boring. Uh, where do we draw the line between like all the talking heads in the space that are saying, do this boring thing so that they open the email and you're like, yo, I talk about Star Wars. <laughs> yeah. The, the boring thing is the bank, right? Like I've got this bank that I know works. I'll just throw that in there. But more often than not, you know, people are human. Like they, they watch Netflix when they go home. They, you know, they have kids at home. They throw, they have snowball fights. I mean, people are human and uh, they will respond in like tone more often than not, right? So I lean on creativity because it's opened a lot of doors for me and people respect it. And they acknowledge that, you know, this person is coming from a totally different approach than 
their typical inbox, what it typically looks like. Right. And uh, when you kind of, you know, harp on the human chords, it's hard to not feel something. Yeah. I noticed that you're using things uh, in some of the examples that you gave that I thought were interesting because I was like, man, I, I'm surprised that these are getting the kind of like clicks, right? I always look at things because my marketing brain kicks in. I start thinking about click rate and open rate before anything else. And when you're saying things about sports teams or Netflix, this all seems super disconnected from something I might have a value proposition for. How do we stop feeling like we are pandering or shamelessly inserting these moments into our subject lines and our preview text uh, and stop feeling that way? I really want to stop feeling that way. I'm 40. Yeah. Yeah. People, people love metaphors, right? Like people love metaphors and that's all that you're really doing. So an example is I, I wrote a CEO who was like obsessed with the TV show alone. Alone is where they drop someone in the wilderness. They drop like 12 people who can survive the longest with like basically nothing. So my subject line was Netflix and being alone or Netflix on alone. And, um, the whole premise of the email was your reps at some point are going to feel totally isolated and alone. And, uh, it, it struck a chord with them. You know, they love this TV show and, all it took was the metaphor of you like the show. The show's premise is that these people are alone for a long time. When your reps feel like that, this is what happens, right? And it, it's, is it super connected to business and does it, you know, have this massive impact on ROI? No, it does not, not in the slightest, but it's interesting. And it's probably the most interesting email they read that day. At least, I'm hoping that week, maybe that month. And because of that, they're going to respond and say, Hey, I appreciate this. You know, tell me more. And that's, you know, you'll, you'll wrap all this up with a different CTA because clearly when you use metaphors, it's hard to tie in ROI directly. So you just wrap it up with a pretty CTA. Well, I want to have some fun with the audience here and this is unscripted stuff right here, y'all. But I'm curious if you have a go-to word that you have success with in your subject line, uh, what is your go-to word? And junior, let's peek at some of these as they come in on the chat. I'd love your thoughts as people put that word. I used to use your a lot. I'd be like your go-to-market strategy. Free. Michael says free. You think <laughs> free is a good word in a subject line? There's your still works. Earn. What do you have? I love uh, that already. Yeah. Free and earn. They seem kind of salesy to me. Like I feel like I'm getting sold. Um, and, and maybe like the spam filters going off a little bit. Uh-huh response requested. Ooh, that's Ryan. That's kind of a, that's a scary one. That's a dirty one in my, in my world, Brian, we should talk about that one because so, so junior, let's just park it right here. Yeah. Talk about the R E colon and then whatever that two word subject. I feel tricked when I see this in a cold email. Is this a practice you employ? Do you have feedback on how this performs? Uh, I never, I never do that. Uh huh. I will say I tried to find when I have, when I feel like, man, this is like the right subject line, I will never create a new thread. Mm. I'll be like six emails deep on this single thread because it's like James will read it and maybe it takes, you know, my sixth email to like get a response, but it's all tied back and they've been seeing this come along and they know that uh, uh, it matters. I must not have Gmail. <laughs> That's interesting. That's interesting. Yeah. And G I don't know. Gmail's probably picking up on some of these words. Uh, Beck Holland sent me like a hundred words to avoid in your subject lines and emails to avoid them going into spam. 
Uh, yeah. Amazing stuff. What about wheat? The word wheat. That's a good one that I see here in quotes. Luis, thank you for submitting that one. Uh, what about that yeah. one? Yeah. Um, man, I would need more context, but it it's it kind of strikes a chord, right? Like it kind of makes you feel something. And I think that's good. I think that's good. If it's not anger. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, a lot of people saying they would delete a uh, response requested. Uh, I don't a response requested is dangerous. I don't know about that one. Uh, also, I don't know about want to connect. I feel like, I feel like, you know, creepy vibe. What, what, how do we avoid the creepy vibe, Junior? You, you use all this great personalization and it comes off humorous, but I think for some people it kind of like borders creepy. What's, what's the difference? Yeah. Don't, I see Dan saying, don't be creepy. Scott says, be authentic. I think those are all keys. Uh, there, you have to reread it. Sometimes I'll write something and I'll say, whoa, that was like too creative, too far outside the box that like, I could see someone taking that the wrong way. So, you know, I'm going to scrub that one. Um, so there's definitely a fine line, but rereading typically lets you understand like where, which direction am I going? Am I creepy? Am I like, is this creative? What line am I trailing here? Yeah. Well, where do you look for inspiration for your subject lines? Like a lot of people are going to other people's LinkedIn's, a lot of people going to Instagram and Facebook and places like that. Uh, do you have some other places that you might go? Yeah, no, those are all great. Um, I, I do a lot of Google searching, right? Like just Google people's names and see what pops up. Yeah. Um, I think that, uh, yeah. yeah, podcast stuff is great. If the only caution here that I really give is, um, you might Google someone and their Instagram's going to pop up and their Facebook and all this stuff. Right. And you find out that they have a dog named fluffy, like keep, keep dog fluffy out of this. Otherwise, like you've gone too deep on this person. And that's creepy, hmm. right? Unless they, unless your business is something Facebook oriented and that's where they live. Great. But, um, yeah, I would, I would stray away from anything that's not posted via like where they live as a prospect, which most of the time is LinkedIn ish. I would agree, but I want to say the exception is when fluffy dog fluffy has their own Instagram dog underscore fluffy that you there might, you, you might be able to mention it then. And I have seen it. I yeah. have seen it. And the, you know, the dogs sometimes have bigger followings than the owners, but we'll talk about that different. Uh, I can't, uh, questions in the Q and A, I want to prompt you guys, ask a bunch of questions. I love the Q and A section at the end. Uh, and we are going to talk a little bit about AI and subject lines. Dan, thank you for bringing up chat GPT. Yeah. We'll talk about that in just a moment. Uh, but I want to talk about this flow that you use to come up with these, uh, because some of the questions that I have, like, do you write a subject line first and then an email? Or do you write an email it back into a subject line and put first or second in the chat, depending on which one you might be? I am a email first back into the subject line. Uh, that Hannah Hannah is a second. Ryan is a second. Uh, talk to me, J Junior. What do you got? What's what's your, I, your flow? I'm a, I'm a subject line first. If I can find a good subject line, then I'll tie in the body of the email to to whatever I need to, to whatever I need to. Just making it feel really human. One of my favorite like human phrases in email recently is to say ish, right? Like this will help ish and I'll put like parentheses around it. Um, anything that like someone wouldn't put into an automated sequence phrase, then they, it will do really well, right? Like a lot of people talk about like PS, throw PS in your emails. I like to add like a little it because it's, it's like this very human thing, very human way of thinking. My, my brain goes to the parental advisory. That's the ish. Okay. Let's, <laughs> let's, let's go 
I can't, I can't not ask this question because I feel like everybody's thinking it, right? This is all about customization and personalization. Tell me how you are impacted at the volume level when you're tailoring all of these things, going to an Instagram, a LinkedIn and finding something. And if you're thinking it too, y'all, I had to ask, right? Uh, what's the volume play for you here, pal? Yeah. First, let me talk to the AEs in the room because it's different for them. Okay. The volume play for an AE is not about volume. It's about starting a conversation and what your conversation rate is to deal, right? So for me, if that's like 10 emails, then you better believe 10 emails a day, I can hit quota, I can make money, all that stuff. Figure out the math, right? Um, so it's very different for an AE because I like to write very specialized one-to-one emails. That's what I do. And I don't really stick to KPIs. And my managers don't necessarily like me for that reason. Right. Or SDRs, there is a volume play. You definitely have to hit a volume. And so uh, I look at it in terms of one, how many emails am I sending and how much time does it take me? So for my volume, if I go for volume, I'm sending 20 to 25 a day and I'm spending no more than five minutes on a person. If I'm like spending two and a half minutes on someone and I still feel like I'm going nowhere, I'm grabbing from the bank so that I can move faster. Interesting. Interesting. Okay. Uh, We are going to give you a template at the end of the show so that you can create your own bank. And there's going to be some good stuff on there for you to get started. So I want you guys to take advantage of that. Uh, But first, I want to shout out to the folks that supplied you with some great subject lines. Uh, These are great folks that you can go ahead and connect with. We've got the names of the people that submitted them. Talk to me about these. Why are these good subject lines? Yeah, folks. Uh, I know you've got your opinions on the. <laughs> I do. This is the one to many, right? This is the one to many play. You, okay. If you want volume, you're going to do this. What is really interesting is we said don't use your prospect's name, but in this one, they're not using the prospect's name. They're using like their prospect's team name or like uh, someone from the team. So Anthony Natoli, he says your, and then the team name. So it would be like your engineers, your QA team. It reads really. Got it replicating junior, all this stuff. The one I like about Blaze is his also tie back really strongly to what his platform actually is. So customer tracking, job change signals, right? Like you, when I get an email from Blaze and it says job change signals, I know exactly what that means. And I can open that email with confidence that like, this is the pitch that I'm actually getting. So that one's, I I like that one really good. He also added a couple like, post meeting or post demo where it's like, Hey, great chat, upcoming meeting, meeting on Tuesday. But, um, those are, yeah, I, I pulled from a couple people that I personally trust and, uh, this is stuff they sent me. So give them a I, I, I love all of these, uh, despite their length. That's the thing I want to point out the most is that we get into this bunk where we hear the same things over and over online. And then we believe that the other things don't work. Uh, somebody put in the chat, who was it that just put in the chat a moment ago, uh, that knowing your audience is really important when it comes to this. Uh, let's see, Johnny Johnson, thank you so much for that. He said, knowing your audience, right? How important is what you're saying to the audience? Uh, that part is interesting. Tell me this, are there blanket subject lines that you find that work no matter what? Your team, whatever it might be, seems to work for a lot of people. And why isn't that considered a generic subject line, right? Yeah. I 
<laughs> I do consider it to be a generic subject line. It I just, do. Yeah. It just works. Um, it, it just works right now. There's like, yeah, you mentioned this before, but you used to use like your a lot, right? And um, it would be like junior stop selling, something like that. Um, it ebbs and flows as to what's going to work. And these are just working for them right now. I would also caution, okay, so Blaze sells to salespeople, right? If you sell to salespeople, then maybe you can tune in a little bit more. If you sell to like QA people, then look at like Anthony Natoli seems like what he's doing worked really well for that audience. Whoever, yeah, whoever mentioned the audience play, I mean, absolutely. You got to figure out what your audience cares about. Yeah. And the subject lines, if you want to send in mass, will be dependent upon who's listening. I feel like that's the same as being like, should I wear a tie in my videos to my prospects? Like, yo, do your prospects expect you to wear a tie? <laughs> yeah, you probably should wear a tie, right? Yeah. Can I say brother in my subject line? Is, is that, does your person feel like that's how you should talk to them? Maybe not. I don't know. Yeah. Uh, so let me ask you this. What tools, and I'm going to launch this at the same time so that y'all can answer because I love the way y'all engage with us here at Sell Better. Uh, but what tools should people be looking at when it comes to subject line improvement, uh, the data that they're capturing, uh, when they should make changes, like what's the what's the model to look at? Yeah, this is a good question. Um, I think ChatGPT is a great way to generate a ton of different subject lines. You got to feed it the right stuff, right? Like I would write a few maybe personalized emails that you would send to your direct persona, right? Like and and plug those in and say, hey, generate five or six different subject lines to this um, and see if any of them feel human-esque, right? There's that like ish-esque, it feels so human to say, um, and then take it and maybe change a word or two. So I think ChatGPT is great. Um, I did not know about the sales loft subline grader. That's Oh, yeah. To me. Yeah, that's real. Salesforce subject line grader was one that I was using for years and it'll give you a really interesting, like, here's a good number to look at. This is how it like, scores pretty solid uh let's let's look at these right here some of the folks oh look some of the eight percent of our voters are using that sales off subject line grader i knew it <laughs> that one's been around for a hot minute but 52 percent of our voters are using chat gpt i cannot stress to you enough how important that is and what we're going to do now is we're going to drop that resource to create your own bank of subject lines in the chat so uh sell better if you could drop that in there i appreciate it you guys can make a copy of this. You cannot copy and paste it. Don't try to copy or edit it or anything like that. Just make a copy for yourself and then leverage it consistently, build to it, add to it. So we're going to put that link in the chat. That way you can get it. Okay. Uh, I, hang on. I just found out that I have got to get that link for you. So let me get that. Boom. And here we go. I'm dropping it in the chat right there. So you guys can see, I'll drop it a couple times because I know this is going to, this chat's going to, it's going to get buried, but I'll drop it a couple times so y'all can see it. Uh, let's answer some questions. Junior, you're ready to go? Think on your feet time now. Yeah, let's do it. All right. Tracy Macedo, she says, if you work in an industry like cybersecurity, where prospects don't share much info that you can use to stand out, what else can you do? This is a great question. Yeah, that is a great question because it's a hard question. <laughs> I don't think there's any easy answer aside from testing. So you've done your research, right? You know who you're going after. If you can't find something, then you just go to the email bank. So what I would do is I'm going to test my subject lines. After around 50 cents, I can see the trend. Is this getting opened or not? 
if it's getting more opens, then it's one that I'll stick with while I either continue to test or I just say, let's run this for a hundred more. Right. Um, so I, I would say test, test a lot. And oh. if a team test as a team, it's way faster. Yeah. And, and you get a bigger data set, which tells you what, if something actually works, if one person sends a hundred emails and gets 20, 20 replies, you have a 20% success rate. That's that's pretty solid, right? But if 500 emails go out and only 20 replies come back, now you now you need to go back to the drawing board because that's too small a percentage. You can't consider that a success. So the size of your data set does matter. Thank you, Tracy. That's a great question. Same Tracy. What's up, Tracy? Hitting the good questions here. Uh, does he have an example of something that would be too creative? And I think we're borderlining here. <laughs> too creative and maybe creepy at the same time. Yeah. So you got some examples of stuff that just wah, wah, wah on you? Uh, yeah. I mean, the, the, what was it? Bernie and, um, no, I can't remember his name, but the Sesame Street. Oh, Bert and Ernie? Bert and Ernie. Thank you. Yeah. yeah. Bert and Ernie, that tanked, uh, just too creative, too. Also, actually, that one was the wrong audience. Um, it, it went to someone who was like 55 years old, tail end of their career. And, uh, I was like a new SDR. That was so stupid. I shouldn't have done that. Um, you really got to know your audience. So I would say uh, it's less about too creative and more about, is it the right audience that you're speaking to? Yeah. Yeah. Knowing your audience, I think has become a theme, an unintended theme of this show. And I, you know, Junior does a great job getting to know his audience before he crafts those subject lines and then builds the email under that subject line umbrella. Like what's going to grab attention? And then the body gets tied back. Something you said to me when we were talking about this before is like, you're only shamelessly using your information if the body of your message doesn't tie back to what you used in a creative way. Talk to me more about that. I love that point. Yeah. Oh man, it's it's this is where it can go really wrong. Is let's say you posted a picture with your team at a mini golf place, right? And I noticed that you went to Dino Mini Golf. So the subject line is Dino Mini Golf. This is a real story. Um, and so my email is all based on dino mini golf that's going to hit really well if i notice that and i say dino mini golf and then my subject line is not or my email is not attached at all to dino mini golf and that was clearly just to get you to open it that will not go well yeah you don't be creative just to get someone to open the door and then be a totally different person once the door is opened right T tie them together that's a that's what I lovingly refer to as the bait and switch. And I believe that that's been said in the chat for a few different people now. Subject lines can be very tricky because if we can't use something that's creative and then tie it back, sometimes we'll end up looking like we just swapped out on them, right? Uh, and no one likes that feeling. It rubs them the wrong way. It sets the relationship off on a bad tone. And trust is a little harder to earn. And remember that that's the job. Talk to strangers and earn their trust. That's the job of sales professionals. I don't know if you guys knew, but that's 100%. That's the job. Uh, Dan had a good question here. He says, are you adjusting the volume with all the Google and Yahoo spam jail going into place February 1st? Are you seeing a difference in like delivery rate because you're being more creative and these are unique? That's a good question. I have no idea. I d I'm not up to speed on all the spam delivery. Yes. I trust that outreach knows what they're doing and I send through outreach, right? Or like I, I trust that I, yeah, so... Not the expert, 
just the creative guy. I, w- I would be interested in running a test for like uh, generic subject lines and seeing what the deliverability is on one healthy domain and then taking another healthy domain and doing a similar test with like, you know, creating that volume. But it would take like an army to keep up with all the automation tools that are out there. This one comes from Marco. And I think this is also a good question. What if you use an automation tool with variables, not one-on-one, what types of variables would you use for the prospects? So like you gave the example of like my Irish flag and my pool table, uh, that's a good variable. Like, you know, what, is there an automation tool out there that can adjust for these variables? That's a good question. Um, there is, I believe clay.com is a clay.com. I think clay can do a lot of that stuff. Yeah. Um, I, the variables would be really hard to find about James's pool table and that stuff, but a variable that would work really well right? Is let's say you sell to multifamily and in multifamily, they're constantly acquiring new um, communities, right? Like a hundred, a hundred rooms communities. So you could create a variable that's like, congratulations on name of community, Mm. right? And you could have a play like that. I think you need to start thinking more strategic, like when variables come to play, they're hard to play with first off. So you got to be very strategic about what variables matter to this actual customer. Um, and I think the new acquisition is a big one. Definitely. Uh, the trigger is interesting to me, but more so, I think the first step, Marco, is to just turn the automation off and look if and find a customized subject line that makes sense. The first step is to actually see the emails and before they go out and spend time on them before they get sent. That's like the easiest step to take. I love this question though, because it is super frontline-y, right? But yeah. front lines have the burden of volume. That is what that is what we, and I'm using the term we because I sit on those front lines too. We have the burden of volume, right? Uh, so being able to streamline that process, super important. Scott Cronin, thank you for coming to the show today. He says, do you consider disk profiling and your, with your ICP? And if so, how does it impact your subject line? Scott, this is probably my favorite question so far. Wait, wait, wait. Disk? profiling that's right like a myers-briggs profile james is witty and likes small talk you can ask him questions and make jokes or you know brandon is a kind of a straight edge and doesn't like your funnies so don't waste your time but yeah the, the the it'll tell you what kind of person this is and how you should reach out to them do you consider these or use any tools around this while you're creating the subject lines and personalizing them so heavily only if you can verify it only if you can verify it right like if it tells me that um, James is like super witty, really funny, loves Lord of the Rings. Okay. Can I verify it? That is uh, true. <laughs> those things are true. Uh, because I don't want to, I don't want to change me based on someone not being receptive to humor, mm. right? Like it, I would rather be myself in every email and fail because I was being myself rather than fail because. Uh, something told me that someone's personality is type A or type B. Yeah, that's interesting. I I kind of look at it like I'm going to approach you as I am. Yeah, and I'll learn whether or not you're the type of person that's attracted to my personality or the type of person that doesn't like my personality. Yeah. I sell best to to this person that likes my personality. I know other people that will sell to this person that doesn't. So let me just give that information to them. Yeah, that's an element of team selling that you can glean from your creative subject lines if you really look at it. There's a lot of process to be built in this stuff. And that's what I want you guys taking away from too. Junior has created 
a way of managing a process and his flows that allows him to uncover the best possible subject lines for the people that he sells best to. This is a question from Michael Weiss. He says, it's well known that on billboards, for example, the max recommended words is seven. Do you have a max recommended words in your subject heading? <laughs> a max recommended. Oh, gosh. Uh, if you have a good subject line, I really don't care how long it is. Interesting. If you're, if you're going 10 words, I mean, people will tell you that's way too long. And I, I doubt that you could come up with something like that. But I've sent a six or seven word subject line that's gotten replies because it was one to one, not one to many. If it's one to many, yeah, probably stick to three to five. But one to one, you've got more leeway to like hit, you know, strike. I mentioned this before, but strike that chord. Yeah. Yeah. And the, uh, this is a good question that I found in the chat here from Ada. It says, what are the most important KPIs that you're tracking in your email marketing efforts? For me, it's open rates and reply rates. Those are the two things that I care about most. What about you? Yeah, no, those are the only two things that matter to me. And I think, honestly, I think reply rates are a little more important for me. Yeah. Are, are people opening these and are people replying? Um, yeah. I don't care about much else. Yeah. All right. Let's give them a final thought. I always like to wrap this with like, if you had people coming away from the show, thinking about one thing that's going to change the way they make subject lines moving forward, what would that piece of advice or that nugget be, Junior? Well, what I would love to see after this is people walking away and saying, I'm going to try and be creative and I'm going to try to have fun. Yeah. Right. If you're just constantly sending those boring subject lines, it starts to feel like a job. Like have fun, have be creative, get in trouble. All those things are great. All those things are great. Yeah. I think people are afraid sometimes that they're going to get their wrist slapped for something. And, uh, you know, the worst thing that's going to happen is you're going to find out something that doesn't work. And in my mind, that's kind of a win. Is it the same for you? Oh, totally. Yeah. It's then you're going to email so many people this year and the five that get pissed off that you email them. I mean, what is it? You know, it doesn't matter. It really uh, you know what? If I send 500 emails and five people get back to me and they're like, screw off, James, don't talk to me again. I feel like that's a small enough number that this is a good email. <laughs> yeah, I would not. I would not. I would not stress about it. I yeah. I mean, you know, there's bigger picture to focus on and there's other things that matter a little bit more than those. Those five people, three of them probably just had a bad day. They didn't get enough coffee this morning. They woke up on the wrong side of the bed. Their mom hates them. I don't know. All right. So here we go. Connect with us on social. We are going to drop Junior's LinkedIn in the chat. This man is a man that you want to go follow. You want to connect with him. He will give you the time. He's a real human being that you get to meet in person right here on Sell Better. I love bringing the best of the talented people in our space to come out and share their insights with you guys. Connect with us at on social, sellbetter.xyz. Follow me personally at Say What Sales. I'm happy to connect with anyone and everyone and give you the resources that I have that can help you sell better. We will see you next time for another stellar guest to help you sell better. And you know what? Before I let everybody go, I'm going to put this link in the chat for you guys to join tomorrow. I got Will Aitken coming in and we're going to do like a prospecting boot camp. This dude is creative. So before I go, we're going to put that link in the chat for you guys so that you can get that and everybody can sign up to come to that show with Will Aitken. Uh, let me get that for you right here. Oh, there we go. Thank you. Sell better. I appreciate it. I saw you come back in. Sell better. Mad love. All right, guys. Thanks again for joining us. We'll see you tomorrow with Will. And I hope you guys have a great day. And don't forget, you are the reason that we do this to help you guys sell the best that you can. Talk to you tomorrow, everyone.